Welcome back to the Nebraska Athletics Podcast, episode 11. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, January 31st, last day of January. It's gone by fast. Uh, joined by Brian Rosenthal uh, here at North Stadium at uh, 2.05 in the afternoon. Brian, uh, you survived yesterday's Arctic blast. What Speak do you, what for do you, yourself. <laughs> well, you're here. I am here. Um, so what, uh, what do we got going on? heading into tonight we got some women's basketball and into the weekend yeah women's basketball tonight goes to purdue they've always had a history of very close games from when they started as opponents in the big 10 conference some triple overtime double overtime games games decided by single digits two digits i mean it's been it's been incredible the amount of close games they've played and big games because uh they've also played in the big 10 tournament championships um it's just been through the years they've they've had a lot of really close battles and and that's been that way this year for Nebraska in general. I mean they lost in a last second shot to Wisconsin by a point. They just lost by four points before that to Northwestern. Uh, they've upset a couple of ranked teams, so they've had their share of close games. So I would expect another tussle tonight. So it looks like right now, if you look at the standings, Nebraska is eighth in the standings with Ohio State, both at four and five, but. Indiana, Michigan State, they're one game ahead at five and four. Then you've got Purdue, Northwestern, just ahead of that at six and three. So um, the Huskers, um, not far out from making a jump still in the standings and um, decent amount of the schedule still left. Um, Amy Williams' teams, as we said last week, uh, going into the Northwestern game was coming off win at Minnesota. Then we had the Northwestern game. Then we had the game at Wisconsin where Nebraska goes ahead by two with 0.7 seconds left, I believe, and then loses on a, a three-point shot at the buzzer, whether that was uh, before or after the buzzer. We'll leave that to be determined. But um, still a lot of season left for, for the Husker women. And there's a lot of season left for the men, too. It's been a rough one, but... There's still 10 games, 11 games, whatever there is to go, and Nebraska's still in it as far as the NET rankings are concerned. I thought they gave uh, considerably more effort, looked more inspired against Wisconsin, just couldn't just couldn't hit shots. But in their first game without Isaac Copeland, who's obviously done for the year with a ACL injury, I thought that the bench came in and, and played hard, uh, maybe not necessarily well in some instances, but up and down the lineup, couldn't make easy shots, and that was the story of that game. It was nothing unusual from the last three or four games. It's been, for whatever reason, uh, a struggle at the rim to finish, and it's been hit and miss from three-point range as well. I think defensively against Wisconsin, they held Ethan Happ to 10 points, a future All-American. Uh, I thought defensively they played with a lot of energy and played very well, but couldn't quite get over that hump after they came back from 14 down to, to take a three-point lead and then fell back behind again. So they're at Illinois on Sunday, and on a four-game losing streak, at some point they just need to find a way to win a game and end that streak and hopefully get their uh, spirits turned upward. And again, as we've said, there's a lot of season left, and they're still in the thick of the NCAA tournament, believe it or not. So uh, it's just it's just too early to, to write them off 
as uh, as an outsider and definitely too early if you're part of the program or on the team to to say hey we're done because they're not it's a obviously an uphill climb without Isaac but it's just a way of getting that mentality because I, I think that's a lot of it right now I think it's it's between the years and if there's a way to turn that around to get it turn back in the positive direction I still think there's a a lot of good things for this team in the in the future but it's it's got to start soon and uh, might as well be against an Illinois team that Nebraska's already beaten once and they're coming off a road loss to to Minnesota and obviously tougher to play on the road than at home but one of those teams that you think Nebraska should be able to defeat on Sunday. Yeah, and it, I mean, yesterday, I'm looking at the rankings as of yesterday, Nebraska is still 28th in, the, in that ranking we were just talking about. Um, from a metric standpoint, I mean, they're 8-3 and three at home. If you look at road and neutral combined, they're 4-5. and five. Not great, but that's not awful. Um, and then if you, I kind of factored in their schedule the rest of the way, nine more games, regular season, then obviously you have the tournament, but nine more regular season games, and if we're looking at the quadrant system, five more quadrant one if you lose the rankings as of today, obviously these will mm-hmm. change a little bit, but you've got five more quadrant one chances and the rest of them are quadrant two games. Where if when we were looking at this last time, around this time last year, I don't know if there was a quadrant one game left on the schedule. And that's the big difference between last year and this year, and it's it's showing up in the win-loss column mm-hmm. too. In, in the win-loss column too, because... Nebraska's already lost more conference games this year than all of last season. They went 13-5, and five and they've already lost seven this year. So the Big Ten is a lot better, as a lot of people thought they would be this year. And we're seeing that with all the quad one opportunities left on the schedule. As you said, they're, after they beat Michigan at home last year by 20 points, there wasn't even another opportunity on the schedule until they played Michigan again at the Big Ten tournament. So so that's good and bad. I mean, it's... It's rough right now because they're losing those games, but uh, if they can find a way again to win a couple, that's uh, that's definitely your big resume booster and can, can keep them afloat as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned. Yeah, and those, qu- those five quad one games are Purdue twice, which they're right now they're 11th, so you think they're probably going to stay in that quad one range. Then you've got Michigan State 6th, Michigan 4th, and then Iowa 27th at home, which probably going to stay in that quad. I'm trying to remember what the – a home game, I think you have to be in the top 30. Top maybe 30, I believe, 30. yeah. So that Iowa game may shift. Hopefully it stays where it's at. Maybe it shifts right past 30, but uh, we'll wait and see on that. Um, speaking of a little bit more on the game against Wisconsin, uh, one of the bright spots was probably how well Thor played. Um, did you talk with Coach Miles afterwards and kind of maybe what his role is going to be moving forward as one of those guys that's maybe going to have to play some more minutes? Well, I think everybody's going to have to, to pitch in, but I thought it was it was good to see him get the rebounds, and he's a he's a good passer too. I thought maybe he passed up a couple of good shots, maybe, but uh, if his role can to be go out there and create some hustle and make some hustle plays and get some rebounds like he did, I think that's going to get him more playing time, and uh, especially as they figure out the rotation without Isaac and you know who kind of goes where. This is just game one without Copeland, so uh, I think he probably proved himself to get some more playing time, and yeah, I know they were happy with his rebounding. He had 10 of them, and some areas of improvement, obviously, but I I just think when you see a kid like him hustle and and make hustle plays and uh, the, the team can feed off of that, the crowd can appreciate it, I think if you've got a player like that 
he'll earn playing time and, and you'll see more of him and he'll play more. Well, and the bench isn't real deep as it is anyway, so someone has to play. I mean, it, it gets to a point where guys are just going to have to step up in their yeah. So maybe one night it's him, maybe another night it's it's somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's a mayor here. Whoever can be, uh, yeah, who can ever. Nana comes off the bench and hits some shots. Yeah, that's um, uh, that'd be good to see too, any uh, of them. Yeah, so um, I guess anything else basketball-wise that kind of need to be looking at moving forward? I know about the kind of the big night coming up. Well, we're still a little ways out. Would be Legend tonight. Is that kind of the next big home game event that I can that I can think of? Uh, Maryland is the next home game a week from Wednesday. Um, actually, excuse me, uh, this coming Wednesday, I should yes. say. Yeah, a week from yesterday. Yeah, a week from yesterday. So yeah, they're next. They're in the stretch now where they actually have a lot of home games compared to road games. So I'm used to them being on the road a lot, I guess. So, but yeah, it's uh, Maryland is the next home game on Wednesday. So. Yeah, it looks like we're at Iowa, or sorry, at Illinois Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Then you're at Mer- Maryland back at home Wednesday, at Purdue Saturday. Then the back-to-back home games of uh, Minnesota Wednesday, February 13th, and then yeah. Northwestern that coming a couple days later on Saturday, 7:30 game. That's that Legends Legends Night weekend. So, okay. Um, let's see some other stuff that's going on athletic department wise. I know. Um, some of the couple other teams are at home this weekend, including uh, the men's gymnastics team. Um, but probably one of the bigger Olympic sport events is the Frank Savine Husker Invitational, which takes place uh, tomorrow and Saturday. Um, I know the track and field program is pretty excited about this meet. They've got some good teams coming in, including um, the women's indoor national champion from last year in Georgia. Uh, I believe Stanford's going to be here. Just some of the couple of the bigger name programs off the top of my head. I know there's a lot of other teams that are going to be here as well. Um, but one of the more interesting things that someone might see if they attend the meet on Saturday is um, a Husker student athlete who is going to go for a pretty impressive thing that's never happened here at Nebraska. Do you have a little more information on that? Can you run a mile under four minutes? I was just thinking about that as we were coming in here is how, if I had to run one mile, what's the fastest I could do it in? I I, I, I'm confident. I think I could break seven minutes. <laughs> I couldn't. But uh, I definitely but, couldn't do four. But, but George Kushu is going to uh, attempt to become the first Nebraska track and field athlete to break four minutes in the mile on on Saturday. So uh, he's evidently pretty confident that he can do this. So it's opportunity for the home folks to come out and cheer him on. And I know they're hoping for a good crowd. And when you have somebody. Uh, behind you cheering you on like that that can create some momentum and um, get the competitive juices flowing so but yeah it's never been it's never been done um, for Nebraska track and field to to break the four minutes in the miles so uh, we'll see what he can do on Saturday yeah I was just looking in the record book it looks like the the record for the mile is just over four minutes it's at like four minutes and six tenths of a second Um, but the interesting thing is the Devaney Center indoor record is held by Bernard Lagat from Kenya who is a multiple um, Olympian uh, for the United States he ran it in 355.07 in 2002 so heck if you're going to go for under four minutes you might as well just go for the facility record as well yeah um, and Kushi too also was the Big Ten cross country uh, freshman at uh, the Big Ten cross country freshman of the year. Uh, he was third at the Big Ten championships 
and he's the first Husker since 2010 to qualify for the NCAA championships. So, yeah, I was listening to Coach Pepin on Sports Nightly last night. Um, he said, you know, George had never really ran cross country before, so that was even more impressive that he did that well. He's much more of a, a mile type of runner, so this is kind of more of his bread and butter. And hopefully, uh, just being a freshman this year, that we'll see uh, impressive things from this year and, and moving forward. Um, Brian, I know you've been writing a couple different things uh, for the website lately. Any uh, thing you want to talk about that you've written about lately or things um, for fans to be looking at moving forward? Next day or so, I'll have a story out on Wendell Robinson talking to him just about his adjustment to uh, collegiate football. He's one of the freshmen that's been on campus since January. So I uh, talked to him a little bit about the culture in the weight room and uh, some of his expectations for the year, uh, some people who've helped him along the way. Um, one of those people is, is actually Rondale Moore, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year from Purdue. They actually trained together and had the same gym since um, they were sophomores in high school. So that's a good person to, uh, to learn from, I would say, uh, Rondale yeah, Moore. A and fairly decent freshman mentioned their, their names kind of sound familiar. Mm-hmm. So it uh, sounds like they stay pretty close, and he's had some good pointers to, uh, to Wandale about life in the Big Ten and how to adjust as a freshman. So that's the next story to look up uh, online that I'm working on. So, I guess just as a, a bit of a teaser, what was his biggest adjustment surprise being a college student-athlete for roughly the last You know, he really so. didn't have one. He, he, he seems really down-to-earth and really happy. Uh, he's not really had any, from what I asked, and he didn't really have any shocking surprises or anything like that other than maybe the weather um i talked to him before it got this cold so that might be one thing that's bothering him right now but he seems to be adjusting very very well and i know he's definitely very happy with his uh decision there's a obviously a lot of news made about when he committed late in the process after being with kentucky for so long and he's definitely uh happy with his choice and what he's done so uh great kid to talk to i think fans will really be uh interested to get to know him and obviously to watch him on the field and everything but he's a fun he's a fun kid uh fun young man to talk to and get to know i always find that interesting how many more more i guess you can't really call them kids they're 18 years old uh college football players who end up enrolling early always wondered at what stage in your high school career do you decide yeah, I think it would be good enough to play college football. He said it was a sophomore. Okay. When he, he started, you know, that's a process. You kind of have to acknowledge and start early. You can't just, you know, you know really go into your senior year and say, hey, I'm going to graduate early now. Yeah. I'm going to be a D1 athlete. It's something that you've got to to plan and organize a couple years in advance. So I asked him that, and he said since he was a sophomore, it didn't make any difference where he was going. Obviously, at that point, he didn't know, but he just knew that, Wherever he was going, he wanted to enroll early, so he got involved in whatever program that is to make sure that you have to get your classes done and took a couple of senior online classes, two or three of them, I think. Uh, so that's been his plan all along. kind of just seems like that grows every year. It used to be maybe one, two kids, and I don't know the exact number this year. Yeah, it's year, almost it's- an expectation for some of the – especially for some of the highly recruited or or maybe some of the athletes that, that you think are going to contribute – right away or you want to so um yeah it used to be like maybe juco guys and maybe one or two high school kids and now it's a lot lot more because now you can get in you get that spring ball in and just gives you that much of an advantage plus 
just so much more time with the coaching staff, learning the playbook, and yeah. it's actually even starting to see it in some other sports. I know volleyball is starting to see girls um, enroll early, and then they can be part of kind of the sand program in the in the spring, and so um, just a different thing for college athletics. Um, before we touch on anything at the end, just want to bring up a couple of th- sporting events that are going on this weekend around Nebraska athletics. Uh, the women's tennis team is home this weekend, um, actually tomorrow night, Friday at 5 o'clock against Kansas State. And then they also host um, UMKC, University of Missouri, Kansas City, on Sunday at 11 at the Dillon Tennis Center. Um, as we said, we got men's gym on Saturday, 6 p.m. at the Devaney Center. That's against Illinois and Oklahoma. Um, and then the only other home event that I – well, we have women's, bas- women's basketball is home, 2 o'clock on Sunday. So come and hit that before the Super Bowl. That's uh, obviously Pinnacle Bank Arena. Also another women's, women's tennis against South Dakota, 4 p.m. And then uh, wrestling, probably one of their bigger home duels of the year. They're hosting number four, Iowa. That's at noon at the Devaney Center. Um, so most people on Sunday probably looking forward to uh, watching the big game on Sunday night, but some time to be able to get out to uh, watch some Husker athletics on Sunday as well. Speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, whether you're a fan of the Rams, Patriots, or just a fan of football, there's a Husker connection. Uh, Rex Burkhead running back for the Patriots, and then Adamica Tsu, um, tack- defensive tackle for the Rams. So either way, a former Husker will be getting a, a Super Bowl ring on Sunday, and um, pretty cool thing. Yeah, 25 years in a row there's been a Husker in the Super Bowl. So that's a streak that... 25 or is it 20 is it 26 now with this yeah, year? Might I think more. it might be 26 after after yeah. Sunday. It's been um, it's been a good streak, I know that. Yeah, it's not uh a lot of that is I guess luck, I suppose, cuz there's a there's a decent amount of guys in the league, but getting someone in the Super Bowl that many yeah. years in a row is uh quite the feat, so got to be in the right team with the right time and right tradition and all those things, so yeah, hasn't been. A, we've had some guys on the Patriots lately, so that hasn't been a. That's been a team that every year when it gets to playoff time. Yeah, I'm sure that's been a team that's been uh, <laughs> definitely involved in the in the Husker streak for sure, no doubt. Yeah, I know Vincent Valentine, Russ Hochstein's been part of that. Uh, Eric Martin, um, probably forgetting somebody else along the way. Fonzo Denard, I believe, was yeah. on one of the teams that made the Super Bowl. Um, well, Brian, anything else? Uh, I think that should do it for this week. Okay. It's, it's supposedly is going to be warm this week. Oh, one other thing. Tomorrow night, free event at uh, the Hawks Championship Center. The baseball baseball team will be having their annual Fan Fest um, 6 to 8 at um, Hawks Championship Center. Um, I know they have um, inflatables. They usually have face painting, um, balloons. A couple years they've had a dunk tank with Coach Erstad in it. Not <laughs> sure if that's still a thing. Uh, one year, I guess, it was a, a pie-throwing contest with Coach Erstad. So uh, we'll see if he's back to let uh, fans torment him on that. Um, but, again, it's free. Um, there's information on Huskers.com about it. Uh, I believe the first 500, I may be mistaken on that number. It might be more or less than that. Gets uh, free chips, water, and a hot dog. So uh, bring the family, get a free meal, meet the baseball team. They'll be playing – Two weeks from tomorrow in Riverside, California, as they open their season. So, 
Um, and I believe the softball team is opening next Thursday. They have an exhibition game against the Japanese national team down in Texas, and then they open their regular season the next day. So uh, for myself, for Brian, two weeks in a row, we'll try and make it three next week. Um, see you next time.